0: Come on in, y'all. Welcome to the session. Let's vibe out for a while.
1: Niggas be playing, yeah. Industry games, yeah. Rapping, but they not in love with it. Think it's a shame, yeah. I'm about to pop up some other think it's a game. They don't control where I land. Nah. Royal flush to get the cards in my hand. I'm trying to stack all these M's. Yes. All of my idols is friends. Get yes. to the fight with some Tim's. Yes. Will I let up? It depends. Yes. Through the struggle, I don't run from trouble, no breaking. I just wanna bend. I just wanna be defeated. I'm hella conceited. I write on that beat like a pen. Yeah. I am no one from the stories that got you excited. Rhythmic flow is ignited. How was so easy for her to recite Can do this while I'm asleep because I write it. Watch all these be so kicked to bite it. I let them in, but they'll never be quiet. Imitation is just inspiration. If you feel like taking, just be sure that you fight with a different I admit the vision had to start with the supporters. Had a premonition had to get in order. And I'm gonna take it off a wall with supporters. So I been cut it out for too damn long, like I couldn't the crown with two damn songs. I live in a booth with no home training. Picking me a counter, two damn songs. Yeah. Niggas be playing, yeah. Industry games, yeah. Rapping, but they not in love with it. Think it's a shame, yeah. I'm about to pop on some other sh- Think it's a game. They don't control where I land. land. land, land. I'm fresh in bitch you know that. Don't take my body to show that. Get in the booth, on the truth. I get at
0: a back. In the game, the Come on in, y'all, and welcome to the third episode of the session for the culture by the culture. Now, this one's going to be a little bit different. You know, I got my little sis on today, my blood. Period, period. <laughs> Ooh, okay. So it's going to be a little different. But to continue with the regularly scheduled program, um, this is a space to where we speak to people from the culture and discuss their experiences in life that have influenced their impressions towards mental health. On today's episode, we'll be discussing the intersectionality of fatness and blackness as the women or women within this culture, which is the African-American community. That part. Come on. So as you've heard her in the background, let me go ahead and give her a little introduction. I would like to introduce you all to a total queen and a icon, as many call her out in these streets. I don't know about that, but um, someone that I would go above and beyond for. She has been my biggest pain, my biggest expense and one of if not my best friends um for the last 20 years yes the last 20 years okay um not only is she really funny she's really amazing to be around she is really brilliant and an amazing human being like she's super duper smart my blood related sister we are related okay sis so i am truly (laughs) i truly am glad to welcome her on the pod today she is none other than the amazing and super talented azani troxler and y'all oh better God. respect on my sister's name, okay? Period, period. period.
1: Only oh. respect
0: in these streets. Also, stop. You're going to make me blush. Calm <laughs> down. Need, go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience tonight. Okay. Hi, y'all. As y'all heard, my name is Azani Choxler. Currently, I am a STEM major, specifically chemistry, at the University of North Carolina, Asheville. Mm-hmm. Folks get real excited when I say that first part, but then when the Asheville come, Mm. Their whole face changed. It's okay though. Uh, <laughs> I'm from Burlington, North Carolina. And right now, my, my current career path is pharmacology. Mm. Um, the mood for tonight is vibing. God. It's currently 11 p.m., my time. And we're cooling. You know, um, yeah. So, It'd it, it be like that. Exactly. So if anybody knows me that's listening to this podcast, you know that I am all about the vibes. And everybody in my family is all about the vibes. Like we literally are about a vibe. Dude. So if you are not on this vibe, then I'm gonna need you to exit, come back, get on the vibe, and then we can be on something. Okay. That part. All right. All right. <laughs> so what were you saying, Zani? Where are we going? Where are we going? Okay, let's Where go. Going? Let's get on this road. Let's do it. Okay. Um, like I discussed, we will be talking about the intersection, intersectionality of fatness and blackness, um, as women within our culture. All right. Me and Donnie talk about this topic a lot, or it's come up a lot and we discussed it a lot. So I thought no better guest than her. Um, she is the queen of understanding her body, her blackness, her femininity, everything about it and i thought she'd be the perfect guest to discuss this um so as we kind of transition over discuss the ideas of bigger bodies and what that means for our community how does this press on our mental health things of that nature so zani yes i would love to ask you what is it like being not only well being fat black and a woman in america um First off, let me start off by saying it's a triple whammy. Um, uh, <laughs> it hits different. It is like no other experience that I have heard. It's one thing to be fat in a white woman, but it's a whole different thing to be fat and a Black woman. Come on. Speak on that for us. Oppression is wild, but also the love is wild too. Okay. The, For me personally, I don't know. It's it's been a wild ride because sometimes I hate it, but sometimes like, I'm like, I wouldn't be anything else in the world. Right. Because it's been a part of me for so long that I'm just like, you know what, this is my body. I accept it as it is. Mm -hmm. This is the only body that I have. Mm -hmm. Uh, Might as well keep it, keep it pushing. So you said like, you've been in this body for a while. So that begs me to ask the question of did you know what that meant growing up like I like in a woman me personally I think the first thing that I knew was that I was fat mm. before you no, know, I was a black woman before understanding those identities okay um elementary school kind of hard kind of tough as always kids are mean they always will be they always happen but can I uh, you, can I stop you though yeah so let me paint the context for everybody out there me and Zani went to a predominantly white school yes Zonny, it was a charter private sketch school I went from 4 to 12 Zani went from kindergarten to 12 so being in a predominantly white space let's think about the cultural context of what a bigger body means within the wider culture. I mean, it's literally, we were predominantly the only black kids in our school. I can count on can my hands. Yeah, we can count on our hands how many were in our school. At our school, right? So yeah. let's talk about that. So you were, sorry to interrupt you, just to paint the context for everybody. Um, so the thing about fatness, fatness is one of the worst things that you can be like fat is one of the worst things that you can be in white culture. There, there's not a lot of things that are worse than being fat. So not only being fat, but also being black in a predominantly white school, oh, that was wild, the things I have heard. <laughs> um, we can get into that later on <laughs> if you want to, but growing up, and also we had a very oppressive dress code at our school so you only wore like t-shirts and jeans Mm -hmm. and even a certain t-shirt would get you in trouble Mm -hmm. so mostly just sweatshirts and jeans even in 90 degree weather where they didn't turn on on the air conditioning Mm -hmm. so i feel like growing up i didn't know what it was to to even really have a body because i didn't have agency over it Mm, come on so <laughs> you're giving me life with these ad-libs here. Come on. Um, I mean, talk about that agency piece. Because, and that can tap into the Black community itself and talk about what it was like growing up in a house. I know for me, and Mom and Daniel probably going to hear this. It's okay. But growing up, my I don't know.
1: Mom and Dad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think it's because we had bodies that were fuller and more mature. So not having that agency. I wouldn't even say mature. I say mature would be because we were fat. Ooh. Our bodies were mm-hmm. the way that they were supposed to be. Yeah. but society looks at us as if we're more mature just because we are fuller. So then in turn, our parents decided that we had to wear clothes that were I don't think they purposely did it. But I think there was influence there of wearing clothes that were more what the form-fitting. Um, yeah. More like bigger, more not- Oversized active. clothes. Yeah. Uh, very modest. I mean, I didn't own a pair of shorts that went up above my knee until I was a junior in high school. And it was some pushback there. <laughs> and it was push, and it was back talk. But I really think and not to kind of like down our parents because I don't think that's what it is. But I think if you think about the Black community the dress code and standards, maybe back then that wasn't acceptable. Also, we grew up in a church at the same time. Honestly. So that also influenced the way that we dressed. But yeah, I think that being in the, in the Black community and also being in a community that was predominantly white, being at school definitely did hinder my own self-expression in a way um I don't know how to build on that yeah I'll just say that I didn't have agency over my own body until I turned like 17 18 when I started going to school (laughs) at UNCA I mean that makes sense because once we get out of And I'll be honest, I was always envious of like Zonny and her maturity to find that agency at such a young age. Because when I was 17 and 18, I was built in a way (laughs) that was a little thicker, right? My body type didn't look the same as everybody in our house. So a lot of things that I would wear or I would think could wear, I couldn't wear because of the way my body looked, right? But I also went to a university the first time that was predominantly black. And the things that I would wear that were acceptable in my predominantly white space was like, girl, why aren't you showing off that body? Girl, you right. got body. To where now I'm like, that body that I had, I took it for granted because I didn't have agency over, like I didn't have, like others were fueling me to be something else and not show my body. But then when I got to that space, I felt like they were wrong. They were trying to hurt me. They were trying to harm me. They were trying to see me as being fast or see me as being sloppy or they would judge me. But totally different experiences, right? The judgment, because I even get the judgment being, quote unquote, the icon that I am. (laughs) But I think the thing about that is specifically just not caring. Yeah. But I also think a difference between me and you is, is that I grew up with the internet and I grew up with Instagram and Snapchat and all of that. So I had the exposure mm-hmm. to bigger bodies. Yeah. I had the exposure of people who looked like me. Yeah. So personally, I feel like I started having that change over when I was 17, like I'll say again. But that's because right. I started to, she's all fat. And this is back when April Kyoko, not Kyoko, Cleo, mm-hmm. I think that's her name. April Cleo, and Sophie were just talking about just just being fat in America and just being fat in general mm-hmm. and that really like boosted my confidence and then they were talking about the idea of changing your surroundings so for me it was Instagram I would follow people like fat girl flow or glitter and lasers folks who look like me so when I started to do that, I, w- I would look and I'd be like, well, these women are so pretty. Why don't I think myself is pretty? Yeah. Like if they can wear it, why can't I wear it? Mm-hmm. That That's kind of like where I was. So I think that also helped my mental health because I didn't see myself as attractive until I turned 18. And I feel like that's a lot that you just said because it's like social media is a big piece. Like, you put me on to, I think her name is Glitter, and she's the- And, like, Glitter and Lasers? Yeah, you put me on. And I really liked her because I had never seen somebody with a similar body type as mine and wearing the things that she was. And I think it made me feel as though, like, she got me on to wearing leggings. Like, if y'all know me outside of this, everybody knows <laughs> I stay in some leggings. There was a time in Zonnie Can Vouch where I literally had oversized t-shirts and sweatpants. Nothing tight. She put me on to leggings because I don't know. It was it just felt like, oh, if she can do it, I can do it. If she can wear it, I can wear it. And if, if she has the confidence then maybe I can get there. So yeah, I would agree. Like social media is it. But you want to know one thing. What? Is that I feel as though, and this is gonna be controversial, but just stay with me. When we talk I'll let about, it rock. Yeah, when we talk about an Instagrammer such as her. In my mind, it was always like, she's a white woman. If I were a Black woman, would would I inspire many people to do this? Would I pop off like she did? Most definitely. I would say that in 100%, honestly. I don't think that's controversial at all. Because when we talk about the body positivity movement, the fat acceptance movement, it's taken over by small fat white women yes so when we talk about like body positivity we have to reframe and remember who it was made for and who was made by so we have infinite fat black women
1: Mm.
0: who have made these movements for other women of color that have been colonized gentrified Mm. by white folks. I mean honestly, you're not you're not you're not saying nothing that I don't agree with. So I think that that's that's a totally okay thing to think. I think so because I feel like our bodies in history were told that they weren't good, right? To me, I've seen thinner black women women, and I think they're just as beautiful as thicker or fuller women, right? Mm-hmm. But I think in that same vein, being that we are Black women of any size, we're always going to be judged. Exactly. My personal story, um, I'll start and then, you know, because it's kind of getting there. But So okay. my first time that I understood that I was fat <laughs> was when we were at our great grandma's house and one of the ladies that used to come, well, no, it was a sausage man that used to come. We from the country, y'all. It was a sausage <laughs> man that used to come. And he would deliver sausage and every time he would see me, he would be like, oh, you getting big as a weed or "Or you're, you're growing. And I mean, oh lord, he would say these things that to me, or like, he'd be like, you looking like a butterball turkey. Or I'm like, oh, you know, and then like a, another lady come to me and saying, wow, Lyric is getting big. Like, or the comment that got me the most and sorry to out anybody in our family, a particular family member, our grandfather died but when he was alive said that oh Lyric is the same weight as her grandfather and I was like 12 and we did weigh the same but that really got to me because I was I'm sorry I'm them. not laughing at you <laughs> you know I'm like, I, yeah I know exactly who that's it is me. and I'm laughing at the way they would have said it but no like that was my first experience and that's when I realized that I was fat <laughs> and it it really hurt growing up and that was my experience and it was traumatizing like i remember sitting in a therapy room and talking about and discussing my weight as being a trauma and that was the first incident that came to my mind was that and i don't know why it sits I with me but when at that age i start thinking about what other people see me as mm. Because at that age, I didn't know that I was black. Like, that wasn't the first thing on my mind. I didn't really care that I was a woman. But at that age, I was forced to care about my size before anything else. Yeah, I think for me personally, Mm -hmm. mine was when it had to have been the summer before second grade. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was very young um for the for y'all who don't know I was not fat my entire life no um, I was actually very small we thought you'd make it to the skinny group it's all right I didn't make it there was no chance ever. <laughs> um, but I think it was I went to the doctor for a physical because I wanted to play sports yeah and my doctor just straight out told my mom you need to put her on a diet she's she's fat so I think that was the first time that I really started thinking about it and it made me cry and now that I think back to it like of course I'm gonna cry I'm eight but like no not eight seven seven let's get that right so of course I'm gonna cry I'm seven but thinking back to it now like okay I was seven I was fat but I was still playing baseball like it didn't make a difference (laughs) it didn't really make a difference the best one out there period but um yeah I think that was pretty traumatizing yeah and that's where like you know I never like in us talking about this I always think I say I was in a class one time and we talked about weight in a diversity class And I said, I never really had to think about being fat because I'm black. It really just pushes to the back burner. Exactly. To be honest, because my first instinct is not, oh, it's because I'm fat. No, it's because I'm black first. Because that's my identity before anything else. So when did that happen for you? When did you notice that I'm not only fat, but I'm starting to think that people are treating me a certain way because I'm black pretty young also um had to have been fourth grade a girl called me the n-word I went to our principal and they said okay and so they called you a nick. and hard r oh oh no Uh -uh. hard r yeah so um yeah that's when I realized that I was black black before anything else i'll say i honestly and this is gonna sound so crazy i really didn't realize i was black it's gonna sound crazy go ahead and just say it. just get it out i always knew that i was black right but i want the listeners to know when we say realize being black that means that you know that that you are black and that things are going to happen to you like that you know know The first time that I really thought about being black is when I went to Appalachian state, but that's understandable. That's understandable. That's understandable. And it wasn't that our parents didn't talk about blackness in the house. That's not what it was. I knew what being black was about, but the first time I ever associated, Oh, somebody's doing this to me because I'm black was when I went to a white university. Give them back, give them background, give them background. Here's the background for me. I feel as though growing up, I'm the lighter one in our family of the four. So I feel like, and I'll, I'll come this and I say it all the time. I feel like darker skinned people in the community go through a lot, right? Based off the tone of their skin. Whereas I, as a lighter person may not ever experience the type of things that happen just because a white person would be ignorant enough to think that I'm biracial, right? And a lot of times in a predominantly white space, what happens is, is they pitch you or they place you in a space as a black person. So in my predominantly white school, everybody I would say treated me as if I was biracial. I didn't really feel Uh like I had backlash We had cousins that went to the school, same thing, one lighter, one darker. I felt like for me, it was a little bit easier to where I didn't have to recognize it because I wasn't being treated that way. Nobody was coming up to me calling me a nigga. And at one point I was so clueless that I thought it was because of my size, that they were doing the things that they were doing. But then now that I sit back and I became more educated and I grew and I had experiences, I finally was like, no, it was because I was black. That's what it was. But at the time I was ignorant enough or not even ignorant enough my main reasoning was because I was fat. But that's the context. <laughs> was that what yeah. you were going? Is that where you were going? Yeah. I mean I mean, when it, when it stacks up like that when your intersections stack up like that it can be hard to figure and I, what, to like- figure out what's going on. There's something to say to. I think there's an order in which we put it based on our experiences in life. Most definitely. You know, like, I definitely put me being a woman as last on that list. Most definitely, because me being a woman is detached from me being black, period. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) By the time you get to that, my ass is black. You ain't gonna give a damn about that. I'm a woman. Exactly. So It it doesn't even matter. (laughs) That is seriously the difference. Like you heard my story and you didn't hear my sister's story, right? Two beautiful, bigger women with different experiences that are in the community. Am I proud of my experience to a point? Yes. Because I don't think I would have been at the place that I am now to understand these things. Am I grateful for my sister's experience? Yes. Right we need to know every part of it girl we just Mm -hmm. went through we went through the tea we went through it it's okay our mama would be proud (laughs) b-town stand up but no so what are some before we move on Mm -hmm. what are some of the craziest things the biggest misconceptions you heard about being we can go in order being fat black and or a woman what are some misconceptions misconceptions you've had connected to those categories since getting to college or we can college is a good one. go to college we can go to college um that i'm easy Ooh, because of which one, because of which <laughs> all three all three mm. specifically because i'm black and a woman yeah and what about because you're fat because sometimes men think fat women are giving up easily. oh most definitely they're desperate most definitely okay okay. um that one um what else that I'm dumb yeah for one that I um don't understand what I'm doing that I couldn't possibly be a chem major Mm -hmm. because you're black and you're also fat Mm -hmm. so aren't you doing like political science or something and you're also social justice work right you also like real. exactly so i think those are some of the, the wildest ones <sighs> the wildest one i <laughs> heard <sighs> y'all now i will be honest i fall short of the common sense so i can see why you don't <laughs> see me as being smart i can see it i can see it i can see it so i've never okay. heard the one's about my like intelligence right because people automatically assume that I'm a dummy and that's okay it could be because I'm fat black and a woman I don't know or if it could because I just say off the wall type of stuff no I think it's because we both have like bubbly personalities and like we talk a lot so like I feel like people think that we're dumb but we're really not But that's (laughs) another misconception because sometimes people think that fat women have to be funny in order to join a conversation yeah come on why we always yeah. have to be the funny friend? I always have to be the funny. F- well, not I don't know. Not in my relationships now, but definitely in my relationships in middle and high school, I've definitely had to be the funny friend to even be around anyway And or if you're not funny, you had to be the hostile friend, the one that's gonna beat somebody, the up. one that's yeah, the one that's always ready to fight. Well, hold on, hold on. Now here's now here's the backstory. Here's the backstory. Okay, here's the backstory. <laughs> I'm always ready to fight anyway, but that's just me and my personality. Even when I was thin, I was always ready to fight. Ready to fight. But, <laughs> but me being also black and fat in this situation does not help the stereotype at all. <laughs> but um I'm willing to accept that about okay. myself. So let me get to mine. I've always had the you're pretty for a fat girl. Oh my. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? How am I pretty for a fat girl? I never really understand that one. Like you're super pretty. Or a fat girl. I'm like, okay. You never seen bigger women that are really pretty? I'm the first one you done came across. Okay, cool, girl. Good. Um, or or the famous one that people tell me a lot. You're not fat, you're thick. You're big bone. No, but you wanna <laughs> I find okay, I find that most of these things come from straight white men. Oh, don't, don't. For me, for me personally, oh, Lord. Most, of things, most of these things come from straight white men. So yeah. I treat them like they treat me. So if I'm pretty for a fat girl, you're pretty for an average height white man. <laughs> Please. Now that I think about it, you bring up a good point. Please. I've honestly only heard that from white straight males. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm not even trying to put on for the put on. I'm being dead serious. Yeah, or the assumption mm-hmm. that just because you're fat, you can't find a man, you can't have a baby, you can't have a great life. You can't even be happy right. at all. And that's from every area. I think people are surprised when they they hear or they see that I'm in a committed relationship. I'm doing all these things. And honestly, in that area, I think, oh, it's because I'm fat and they don't think I deserve these things because of the way my body looks. Exactly. And another thing about that, like, yeah, you're in a community committed relationship but i'm single and i'm happy being single y'all hear that so stop stop. they they also heard the second part i'm happy being single (laughs) so i feel that most folks believe that i can't get a man because i am bad what which is never the case first of all but um i say something what is so special about getting a man absolutely nothing thank you absolutely nothing absolutely nothing and for those out there that are not into men what is there so to kind of like make it more open for everybody there's nothing special about having a partner of any you need to be happy with yourself before you before you get a partner please right we're only we're only encouraging non-toxic positive relationships please Mm -hmm non-toxic but no I think that's the misconceptions is a great part to kind of talk about right because I've heard so many of them it's just like wow wow like really that's what you think yeah and as I climb up this like academic world a part of me that's where the confusion comes into and you can talk to this too the confusion comes in is like is it because I'm fat or is it because I'm black which one yes yes the woman one that one sneaks up on me when it's because i'm a woman that it, one it it kills me every single time i'm like huh How didn't what? see what <laughs> it sneaks up with a, with a it comes up with a sneak attack because a i'd pat- be like that's wild would it be like passionate from miles away Way passionate. passionate with the things you say <laughs> okay sorry y'all we be we be going on tangents um but no like that's important to kind of highlight that and like I want to thank you for talking about your experience like and things you went through because that's a little difficult to talk about and I want everybody to know Zonny encouraged me to start saying fat there's no more it is what it is fat no like it's just think, fat. I like to think and I used to be so afraid can we talk about that word for one moment I used okay. to so afraid of that word afraid somebody's gonna call me fat afraid to even let it come out of my mouth afraid to even like when it would come on in a movie and I'm with my skinny friends scared that oh if they hear the word fat they're gonna look at me and think of me I used to be horrified of that term fat so when did you become in agreement with the term fat I think that I honestly eighth grade oh okay um, I was on a field trip, and one of my friend's moms was like, because she had called herself fat in a way that was non-derogatory, or maybe it was derogatory, but I didn't take it that way, and I was like, huh, if she can call herself fat, then why can't I, and why am I giving people agency over my body? was not speaking.
1: Right.
0: Why, why am I? Because they don't have to be in my body. Yeah. Nobody has control over my body. I mean, my body is mine. I own it. It is what it is. Fat's just an adjective. Adjective? Adjective? Yeah, that's a word. (laughs) That's just an adjective that just means that you have fat on your body. It's fine. Yeah. But that term doesn't define us. It's just a word,
1: right? Yeah. And I
0: see because i got to feel comfortable i give my friends permission to describe me as fat okay i i hate when people and i mean like this is just my own personal preference i don't like when folks beat around the bush (laughs) they're like oh she's bigger oh she's she's plus size no i'm fat it's okay don't call me thick don't call me anything else i'm fat (laughs) Now, I agree. Like, I hope to one day get to that iconic level because I cannot. Um, <laughs> if you call me fat, it might not go the way you want. I still will cry if somebody calls me fat. Like, I just can't do it. So, like, even if they're not even being mean, it still hurts. <laughs> it, it and and hurt. that's understandable because everybody's on a different level when it comes to that. Yeah. But as long, I think my comfort with the word fat is that I can now say it to myself and be okay with it. I can look in the mirror and say, you're fat. Whereas before, I could never say that in the mirror and and not cry or, and I want everybody to know, pause on that, that just because we're having this conversation doesn't mean that we have found the meaning and the end all be all to be bigger black women in this society. Almost definitely not. Right. There's some days where I wear sweatpants and a sweatshirt. Exactly. uh, Even if it's 90 degrees. But it's just about knowing yourself because healing is up and down. It's never just it's not linear. It's not linear. So, There are days when I feel like my middle school self and I just shut down. But there are also days where I just feel like I'm the baddest person on the planet and I can wear whatever I want. She says she's a bad bitch. Period. Period. I mean, I just want to say that because I think in having this conversation, I feel empowered, but there are days, and I know some of you guys follow me on Instagram and you see me hyping myself up lately. It's because I hype myself up on the days where I don't feel adequate enough. Like I try to take pictures. So on a day that I don't feel good, or I don't think I look good, I can look back at that picture that I thought was really bomb. And post it and then just feel love from it, right? Um, It's a lot. And if some of you guys have partners out there or just people that you identify as a significant other, although I have a partner that is okay with my body and loves my body and all these things, sometimes that's just not enough, right? We have to love ourselves, love our body first before anybody else or what anybody else thinks about our body can even matter, right? So it's it's really important to like uplift yourself. Uh, make sure you're comfortable in your skin make sure you're having these conversations let's be honest if you big and you fat or whatever you are out there you look good girl period period Get it. and if you a fat black woman you look damn good girl more power to you, you glowing even if it's dark outside you glowing, you're glowing. you glowing it. you a lightning bug was that too far <laughs> um, a little bit a little bit since i didn't mean to call you no bug you ain't a bug girl (laughs) but no like good I, i like that so then let's now discuss privilege okay if people don't know i teach undergraduates and we talked about privilege the other day and what privileges we do and don't have so for us there's a certain privilege in being a certain size right There's a certain privilege in, well, there's a certain, there is a privilege in being black or white. There's a privilege in being a male or female or whatever, or other genders out there, right? There's a privilege in some aspects, right? So how does it feel to be unprivileged in areas such as size, race, and gender? Okay, I think I want to start off with what I am privileged with based on being fat come on let's do it so me personally I am a small to medium fat which means that it is still accessible for me to find clothes in store mm-hmm. um, and I am very grateful for that and honestly one of my things is advocating for fat acceptance within like clothing brands and stuff like that because oh, wow. I'm on Instagram all the time and a lot of like the fat influencers and stuff they're buying off of brands like Shein and Nasty Gal and stuff like that and they don't really sell sizes for people who are over a 4x and that's not inclusive at all so I I do understand the privilege that I do have there Mm -hmm. yeah so I, I would just like to acknowledge that but to the things that I don't have pretty privilege um, on a bunch of different levels. No, pretty not not in the black way, but pretty in the white way. Okay, okay. Based based on European beauty standards. Okay. So because we all know European beauty standards are gross. I don't so you talk about size you talk about pretty privilege where you kind of are familiar with those in some way right Mm -hmm. so to be unprivileged in three areas and i think the three areas that we are unprivileged in are huge no pun intended right they're huge right (laughs) No, let's say pun, pun intended, pun intended, intended. (laughs) please. Okay. Oh, they're huge because they're they're literally our whole identity. Right. Like it's, it's our whole identity. How does that feel for you? That like everything that is our identity, we have checked all three boxes. I don't, you know, I really don't know. Yeah, okay. And I would say that I don't know because it's been so ingrained in me that everything is simultaneously about it, but also at the same time, I'm trying not to think about it. Okay. Yeah, because I have other things to do. Because if I took all day and was like, oh, well, can't do this because I'm black, fat, and I'm a woman, then I wouldn't be where I am yeah that's true but also at the same time like there are certain limitations because i am black fat and a woman i think so and i think for size for me i've never thought about my size um in a long time like it's been a long time like Mm -hmm. i don't see that as a privilege i kind of don't ever think about that one because i think there is a certain advantage that i can still go to the store and wear things and buy things and fit things right Right. Now, sometimes I try to say I can't, but it's because I'm not comfortable in my body and things are a little bit more fitted and I want them to be bigger. Right. But I mean, in all reality, I can still fit things in a store. Exactly. So until that day when I can't do that, that's when I think I'll start to really look into that area of being unprivileged. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've never really, like you said, like, I've never really thought of that one right yeah so I've never really seen that as being unprivileged in society like as far as not getting things but I have heard stories of other people that have that one area of unprivilegedness Mm -hmm. and they haven't gotten a job they haven't oh no like there's there's like hella hurdles even if you're even if you're like a small or medium fat like there's so many things that are inaccessible at UNCA, I'm adding y'all. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I can do that, but it's fine. Um yeah, there's like a lot of things that are inaccessible, like bathroom stalls and chair and things, things that your thin friends don't think about. Yeah. Like booths at restaurant, chairs oh, at awesome. restaurant, yeah. um, outdoor seating, are the tables high? Can, can my legs fit underneath this booth? things like that i'm gonna be honest i lie y'all i do think about it then once you put it in that area and everybody that's went out with me i don't like sitting at high tables because i just don't i don't feel comfortable i'm not balanced i don't like sitting at booths because although i can fit in a booth i don't want to be embarrassed <laughs> right exactly um, there's a certain amount of embarrassment It can even come down to movie theater chairs, plane seats, yes, anything like that. Sometimes even cars. Yeah. So when we talk about stuff like that, it's just a lot. It's just a lot of things that. So never mind. I do think about it. I do think about it a lot. I think I think. I think think that I push it on the back burner. Yeah. But what I will say is that. A lot of times, although we're saying we think about this, I think something that goes in my head is, oh, we'll just lose the weight. But I start to think if I lose the weight, am I still gonna be happy with myself? Am I gonna be happy with the way to look? Or is there something else that's gonna come up for me? And a lot of times society will tell you, if it doesn't work, lose the weight and get to to where you need to be at so it does work for you. Instead of society saying, let me change it. So it can work. Right. Like if we think about chairs at a restaurant, I hate the chairs that are just fit for one body type that have the arms on the side and then I can't... Like I'm... I'm now I will say I'm thick in the butt department. I got some hips. Okay. Okay. I can't fit in the seat. I can't fit in the seat. But the thing that I'll say about that is that it's not even specifically for fat folk. I think that it's also for... Because human bodies come on the spectrum of size. So, right. once you start to get too small, you have these issues. And also, once you start to get too large, you have these
1: issues. Exactly.
0: So, things in society have been built for one specific body type. That's so, it doesn't have it. And 60% of the population doesn't have it. <laughs> they ain't got it, poo. Well, things need to change. So, yeah yeah and I think it's not it's not working where it is it's not thing it's not adding up I don't <laughs> I will say and maybe you can put me on is that I think that the advocation and maybe I don't see that many movements I think that it's great that we're saying let, let's you know like I love my black people I love all the other movements that's going on you want to know but what I think about fat people this might not be this might be controversial Oh, Lord. Okay. But it, <laughs> okay. So I don't think that everything has to be a movement. I think that it can start with just like small things. So, like, calling out, like, hey, I can't fit in these seats yeah. at our university. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. Call, calling out things like that, or being like, hey, there's no lab coat that fits me. Mm that, that thing, yeah, you know, yeah, just like small things. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think that I'm on the opposite spectrum. I think things deserve a movement due to how history plays out, right? So I'm okay, all yeah. for a movement. I'm all, I'm just always for a movement. Not saying that things don't get done, but at least for me in a movement, I can see the others feel the same way. And then maybe we can later come together and start new things together and do things together to make this agenda push, right? Um, So that's why I'm more for a movement, but I can see it from your angle too. It's just a lot like, and I'm glad we're having this conversation because intersectionality of like these things are like, it's a lot. Yeah, (laughs) it it is a lot. Right. (laughs) And we're, we're understanding that like, we do think about our size. But I think that I I can just say for me personally, because in my STEM department, there are not a lot of fat folk. There's not a lot of Black folk. Ugh, come on. There's not a lot of folk of color, period. Yeah. So for me, when I'm just, I have to stick my neck out to advocate for myself. Yeah. Because no one else here is going to do it because everyone else fits the status club. Yeah so that I think that's what I mean yeah when I say it doesn't always have to be movement it's yeah. not that I disagree with the movements because those are beautiful things on their own yeah but also just for like folks at home who are like mm-hmm. just starting to advocate for yourself you yeah. don't have to be like a part of a whole thing doing like um doing like get togethers and stuff like that first of all it's COVID don't do that don't do that but <laughs> don't do that, <laughs> do that. i'm so like me doing like rallies and stuff like that you don't have to do that it no, can I do, agree. it can literally just be you advocating for yourself oh yeah i agree there's nothing wrong with personal like advocating for your personal needs in that moment don't ever not say nothing exactly yeah. don't don't be that's one thing i've definitely learned um about as I've gotten bigger myself is that if something doesn't fit me or something is making me uncomfortable I'm gonna say something yeah um I understand that there is a bit of embarrassment that comes yeah. along with it um but I soon mean, enough you, you kind of get over it because I don't want to be uncomfortable here's the thing if everybody else know and I think Daniel my stepdad Zion's dad has always pinned in us like i will say that he has (laughs) uplifted us and made us feel like the beautiful black woman that we are despite our size and even has sent us things sometimes to tell us that we're beautiful that all these things right to make us feel encouraged in our body but one thing that he has always kind of preached and i'm kind of going to sum it up and i think this will be a daniel thing is like if everybody else can see you uncomfortable Nine times out of 10, you're uncomfortable and do something about it. You're gonna be the only one sitting there, uncomfortable, trying to fit something that we all see that you can't fit. Period. Did that sound like a Daniel thing? That's exactly something. And I'll I'll share some back, some backstory on this.
1: Come on. So this
0: man's a diabetic. Come on. And he'll be at a cookout and he'll bring his own drink. (laughs) Because he knows. He already knows nobody's gonna have a diet drink yeah so why sit there and be thirsty when you can just bring your own exactly and that's the whole concept and that's how he moves and that's his mentality of why wait when you can just do it on your own why get there and expect something that you know is not going to be there why not bring it on your own and that's the same thing when we talk about being fat right why be uncomfortable why even why even set yourself up for failure if if it's if if the expectation's not there? But no, like I think in this conversation, right. I think about being a fat black woman a lot. And earlier today, when I was driving around, I thought about how fat black women are perceived within society. Okay. When I think of okay. like Auntie Mama, fat black woman cooking. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that goes back to a whole list of just stereotypes about well that's what i'm saying those stereotypes started then and now they're on us now like i i so i recently um did a lecture um Mm -hmm. where like i asked them to talk about certain things and the first thing that came up was like oh you know how to cook like certain stereotypes against me right shout out to my colleague that put me on to that um yeah that they that i know how to cook Now, they didn't know that I was going to ask them to say it to me. They were just saying it on the community. But when she had said that, it hit me. And when the class laughed, when she said, oh, you know how to cook. And it was like, oh, they're laughing because I'm a fat black woman. And they're looking at my size to say, oh, yeah, she know how to cook and she know how to eat. All right. So where I'm going to come from this is, is that A, yes, I do know how to cook. B, yes, I do know how to eat. But that does not have anything to do with the fact that I'm a fat black woman. Yeah. But those are not interconnected at all. That's society's problem for seeing me as that. Yeah. But they've always painted us that way. Like I think about that picture that went viral of the black, I think it was like, I'm I'm blanking her name, but it was like the black, uh, she was a slave, a slave woman, and she had like the bigger butt. Sarah Bartman? Yeah, Sarah Bartman mm-hmm. like how they ostracized her body back then and now what we think of the black body now but when we see one and I'm gonna call it how I see it when we see a Kim Kardashian walking around with that type of body she's not being body shamed for being fat black and a woman whereas we see somebody with a chunkier body like Kim Kardashian's and you notice how I said chunkier because that's how mm-hmm. we describe chunkier right then right. all these things of they're chunky, they're not cute. They need to lose weight. They have diabetes. They come from what? They come from a parished area. Things like that. I think that that's also because these women are either a white or b lighter skinned. Mm. So when you get more into darker skin, or not even darker skin, but women who are perceived as women of color. yeah. It gets to be gross because somehow, somehow, Kim Kardashian and her whole family have transcended the fact that, oh, having this body type isn't gross, but it is for everyone else. Mm. Yeah. So about uh, really they stole, they mimicked. Exactly so it's almost like cultural appropriation but of a body Is if it makes if it makes any sense i mean it's like pay, it's like playing it's like playing not dress up but like they got to shop for the parts that they get mm-hmm. they didn't they no. didn't get to get the whole the whole thing and that's that's another concept because of the, and i hate i love a kim kardashian don't get me wrong i love kim i love the family but I like that analogy. Is like they got to shop and pick and choose what they wanted. Whereas the black body, they're missing the stomach that we get. They're missing maybe the few back rolls that we get. They're missing the, le- they're missing all the things. And that's the stomach. Yeah. You're missing the, you missing the, the, arm fat. The ar- you're missing it all. And you're painting this piece women's bodies are naturally going to look like that. And some God willing, bless them. Some do. But the majority do not and when somebody sees a black woman and their body is shaped like that with a little gut or a little then we're thrown down right we're told, well, that is possible, but it's not possible to have. I think that's good. So as we kind of like to direct us back in because I think we can talk about that all day. (laughs) Let's discuss. How does being fat, Black, and a woman um, affect our mental health? Ooh, okay. So there's definitely a stigma about us getting treatment. Okay, what is it? Um, Because not specifically, okay, well, yeah, specifically being fat, also Black and a woman. Black women, A, are supposed to be strong from society's standpoint. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fat women, and this is just fat women in general, not fat black women. Mm-hmm. Fat women are also supposed to be strong because they're not seen as feminine. Yeah. They're seen as utterly. Yes. So when you come and you're like, hey, I'm having this issue. It's not taken seriously because you're fat. And it's just like, that didn't hurt you because you can change whatever it is. Yeah it's like oh that's not a mental illness then why are you here that that kind of thing yeah and I will say this is where the therapist in me comes in right I think that we are trained and we are taught to have this sense of everybody's accepted and everybody's willing right so I know for me and maybe because I'm biased because I am a fat black therapist for me, if a client came in with the issue of that nature, it is a problem, right? It's, a, it's an issue that you feel this way. It's an issue that we need to talk about. It, it's something that I'm inviting in the room if you're willing to invite it in the room. But I can see where you're coming from because it's like I never have been told that I can invite that in the room because I've always been told that being fat is not horrible, it's just exactly you can change it like everybody has that mindset of you can change being fat you can choose whether or not you want to be fat and let me just break the record on that some of us don't choose if we want to be fat that's not we don't we don't that part we don't go and you don't know what could be affecting somebody e- emotional trauma mental health um invisible like all these things that could be happening for somebody that have led them to get somewhere and also if nothing is wrong with them and they just want to be fat to be fat leave them the hell alone that part that part they just want to be fat there's nothing wrong with being fat the same reason you want to be skinny the same reason you want to be thick the same reason you want to choose a blue shirt a a red pant that don't match we don't get on you for not matching it and looking like a lego set so don't get stop, on me stop. for wanting to just be fat okay oh please we're not yelling hey ketchup and mustard when you got that, ye- that yellow and that red on not yeah. Winnie the Pooh not that we're not saying boo-hoo-hoo go get you some honey we're not saying stop that. stop stop so don't be coming at me saying girl why you want to be because I let me mind my business. I want to be fat. I like it. It's comfortable. I'm vibing. Okay. I'm vibing. Okay. So I get that. Being I mean, a fat black woman hasn't affected my mental health. Yes. I'd be lying obviously. if I said it didn't. Who who who's winning it? Can I tell you how? No. But I know it has. I know it plays some part in it. I that's why I like today we're saying fat black. You know what I will say? Yes, I will say that being a fat black woman literally is trauma that's it <laughs> they equate the math maths it adds up they equate <laughs> and not saying that anybody else that is not in that category does not experience trauma trauma not saying that at all not saying that at all I think what she's saying is that you have three things that can easily make you go insane yeah where some people only have to choose one or only have to be in one category. And for us, even if we weren't fat, we would still be black women. Even if we weren't black, we would still be a woman. You know know, what Malcolm X said? Go on, Quota. I think I might quote him wrong. Don't do that, girl. Google. I'll go Google. Is I'll
1: Google do a Google.
0: What do you say? The most disrespected woman in America is the what? Is the black woman. Black woman. And we already have that, and add being fat onto that. The most disgusting-looking woman in America, I would say, would be that of the fat woman. And that's society's perception. So connect our experience with being seen as disgusting, and being as someone that can be easily disrespected because we have. Mm-hmm. How you feeling? That's 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 a whole conversation. That's, that's tea. That that's that is tea. That's tea. It's piping hot, sparkling, steaming. But my lip is so hot. It's minty. Ooh. I'm just joking. <laughs> So I thank you. So I like this conversation. Um, it was good. I think we discussed a lot today. Hopefully we weren't being too much of ourselves and we got some things out and it was actually something good for the people. But yeah, <laughs> is there anything else that you want to say about being a fat Black woman? What do you want to leave fat Black women with? Be yourself. Don't okay. let nobody Don't let nobody try and have agency over you. Um, That's not the vibe. The vibe is being yourself, being your true authentic self. Mm -hmm. Wearing what you want to wear, doing what you want to do, eating what you want to eat when you want to eat it. Come on. Mm. That part. Um, And just like, just just be yourself. That's it. And I also want to add on to there, for the comment I said earlier, if you want to exercise, do you. No one's saying don't exercise. But when oh, you no. exercise, make sure that, you're doing it for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. De- definitely either, definitely do, do it for yourself Don't, don't be doing like, it for nobody else because yeah. you're not going to find happiness Mm-mm. in doing anything for anyone else. Exactly. Say that. Ever. 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 <laughs> so, fat black women out there, you are bomb. You are beautiful. Don't let society throw you down. We might not have a lot of privileges, but we can work with enough, right? Keep thriving. Yeah. Don't let nobody put you down. And be you, girl. Like she said, I'm not gonna wear the crop top, but y'all wear the crop top for me. I still need to work. will oh <laughs> wear it for you. But black, <laughs> fat, black women. Wait, Zonnie, we should say fat black women unite. One, two, three. One, two, three. Fat black women, Five, women. unite. unite. All right, so as we kind of move along, uh, we're going to transition into a segment that I like to call putting the culture on. What this represents is that this is a space or segment to where we highlight um, Black-owned products, businesses, music, artists, anything related to being Black that is marketable or just something that you want to shout out to empower somebody, this is the time to do that, Okay. So I'll go first. So my first put on is that since we were talking about fat black bodies today, I kind of wanted to talk about a book that I have in order right now through Amazon. Um, the, uh, the name of the book is called Thick and the Other Essays. And this is by Tressie McMillan Cotton. And I feel like I'm saying it right. It's Tressie McMillan Cotton. So tra- Tressie McMillan Cotton. Sorry, y'all. And it's Thick and Other Essays. And this book explores a range of topics, including Black womanhood, body image, and the author's own personal experience as experience as a Southern Black woman in academia. So she gets personal accounts from everybody talking about their body. What's it like to be a Black woman? This is literally expanding on the topic that me and Azani discussed today, right? What it is like in our American society to be a fat Black woman um, and its personal accounts it's a really, it seems like a really interesting book. I've read highlights and ex, well, excerpts from it and I really enjoy it and I finally made the move to go ahead and order it today. And I would suggest that you guys do. So once again, it's called Thick and Other Essays by Tressie McMillan Cottom. And you can find it on Amazon. About $20. $20. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Zani, who are you putting on tonight? Tonight, I'm going to put on another book. It's okay. also about bodies so my book is fearing the black body the racial origins of fat phobia by sabrina strings now disclaimer sabrina strings is not a fat woman but she does do a lot of research so her book expands on the meaning of fatness and what that was like like all the way back in history like she goes back to the medieval ages and what fatness and blackness had to do with how we see fat folk in america today uh you can also get that on amazon or any book pl- platform it's gonna run you about 15 dollars okay about 50 dollars but a good a good 15 buckaroos <laughs> these are the books <laughs> that we mentioned today they're gonna read about 35 36 dollars we're gonna link them in the show notes we'll link them in the show notes. I don't have show notes, but we'll link them in the show notes, everyone. <laughs> All right, so that's our two businesses that we want to put on. Zonny, is there another business or black um, seller product, anything that you want to put on before we move along? I think that's it for right now. For right okay. now. Okay, I want to put her on because I was supposed to put her on. What about Zonnie gets these incredible beads from an individual on the UNCA campus oh, about her fairy beads? Fairy okay. Beads. So my friend Lola Stevens, she, um, she makes these wonderful little bead necklaces, bead bracelets, rings, and everything else. All of her proceeds go directly to Black Lives Matter. And she's just a blessing to have. What's her just Instagram? Wonderful. Her Instagram is, hold on, fairy.beads. Okay. And you can order directly through there. Good. So I really like that. And I I wanted to tell y'all about that because Zani has shown these beads a lot. And I know this is a smaller platform, but hopefully this will reach to someone. Um, so I'm gonna let Zani get that Instagram page up for you, but I think her work is amazing. She's a young black woman. It seems like out here getting a degree and just trying to make a way and create positive products um to uplift everyone um she sells to any and everyone right but her products are beautiful design did you have that instagram info yes her instagram is fairy dot beads with two s so it's fairy dot beads with two s yes two s's good fairy dot beads with two s's and what's her name one more time her name is lola 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 all right and lola good job love it she ships everywhere in the US. Mm, we like that. We like a we like a savvy businesswoman. <laughs> hey, get your coin. Well, no, get the coin to give to the community, girl. Mm-hmm. Get it for the culture. All right. She's taking her time and she's putting it to somewhere. I love it. All right. So if that's all for our put on, um, I would love to end off by saying thank you to all who listened today and came in and joined the session. Um, today was very inspiring I got to have my little sister on uh, to hear her thoughts in a way that I've never heard her express and I'm really proud of her and I'm really excited to have her here she's blossoming into such a beautiful 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 young (laughs) black lady okay and support her support STEM majors um she's out here fighting fighting real things so I want to thank our special guest, Azani Troxer, for coming and joining me. I annoyed her for weeks. Um, um, so thank you. You want to shout out your socials or any upcoming upcoming projects coming, Zani? I can shout out my socials. So my Instagram is c.troxs underscore. Um, if you would like to donate to me and my fund, um, my cash app is in my bio. I am a struggling college student. <laughs> who was doing research in the summer mm-hmm. on antibiotics oh. and bacteria. Mm-hmm. So if y'all would like to fund fund me for that, I'm always open to donations. Girl, what's the, what they say in the church? The best, the best nation is donation. Please. The best nation. What? The best nation is donation, please. Come on, somebody. All right, so let's thank Zonnie for coming, y'all. Let me close it out. So I hope that you guys are able to join us again as we continue to converse and tackle misconceptions of mental health within our community and how to rebuild. Um, Thank you once again, and y'all have a great night. Look, listen, I met
1: Hove last week. That was hella cool Diddy introduced me as best of the new school Not too shabby for an Alabama From getting rich I got respect from heavy hitters And did it without a disc And I, I came to deliver I'm off for of Twitter And in your speakers We gon' see who really f***ing with her Man, I can't wait to see the jaja collectively when these songs Drop notorious with the R pop One hell of a picture And I know ain't got no hourglass figure But I can get smaller While my pocket's getting bigger They worry about me And now who I would. that? Good. They break their own heart, now they wind it up bitter. And now they start projecting all their clouds on me. I guess it's fine to let them take it out on me. Y'all do what you do, yeah. Cause I guess I write these songs about you. Cause so I write these songs about you. Do, 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 do. And I'm having the time of my life, you gotta pay me to care. Yeah, yeah, love. And I anticipated this flight, and now I'm up in the air. The air, oh, oh I of these wow. heights and now they taking Can me there. Down.